what we're going to do is I'm going to pray, uh, and then I'm going to I'm going to get into a little bit of a Mother's Day sermon with us, um, and then I'm going to tell you what our big Mother's Day surprise is. All right? Does that work? All right. Let's pray. God, we come before you right now with gratitude in our hearts. We come before you thankful, God, for the opportunity to worship you in song and in word and in community with others. Uh, God, we pray for every person that's here today, whether they've been here uh, and, and are a member from, from way back or whether this is their first day. Um, God, we just ask that every single heart be touched here today and be blessed by your word, by your presence, by your Holy Spirit around us and within us. Uh, Father, we ask that you bless the words that I speak uh, today and, I, and, and that you bless the ears and the hearts of those who hear. Uh, and may all that we do here today bring glory to you and honor to you and praise to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, um, all right, who wants to hear uh, what our special Mother's Day surprise is? I've been talking about this for a while. Who wants to hear? Everybody? Okay. All right, we just have to hold on for about 10 minutes. All right, about 15 minutes, I'll tell you. Um, First, I just want to just give a little bit of a Mother's Day kind of uh, message for you. Um, I was working this week on my Mother's Day sermon. I was at the family center, and, I, and I've got my computer open. I'm working, and I get a call from my wife. And, you know, I'm deep in thought about the sermon. And, I, you know, I'm thinking about uh, the, the, the grand and glorious virtues of womanhood. I'm thinking about the power of sisterhood. I'm thinking about the excellence of daughterhood, the nobility and joy of motherhood. And so I might have been a little bit distracted uh, when she called because I was like, hey, babe, what's up? I'm working on my Mother's Day sermon, you know, and, I, and I'm, a little di- I'm a little distracted. Um, then she says to me, I can hear the tension in her voice. She says, oh, your Mother's Day sermon. She says, well, I have some material for your Mother's Day sermon. <laughs> and that got my attention. She said, uh, all I've wanted to do today is to go to Sam's Club and get some diapers and some groceries. That's all I've wanted to do. That's been my one goal all day long. She said, uh, but when she pulled into the parking lot at Sam's Club, our little baby Eden, who was a newborn, was screaming bloody murder in her car seat, so Rebecca tried to calm her in the parking lot by feeding her. But it was while she was feeding her that she discovered the cause of Eden's uh, discomfort. And the cause was an upset stomach. How did she discover this, you ask? Because suddenly, and without warning, the baby's bottom exploded. And even though the baby was properly diapered and properly clothed at the time, this was one of those instances where a mere diaper could not hold back the fury of the baby's upset tummy. So within seconds, the car, the baby... And Rebecca are covered in a most unfortunate and most unmentionable stinky babiness. <laughs> Rebecca had no choice. She had to turn around, go home, change. But by the time she got home now, our two-year-old Augustine is asleep in the car seat. Now, if you've ever been around b- babies, you know that the cardinal rule is never wake a sleeping baby. So Rebecca tried to gingerly take uh, Augustine into the house without disturbing him. But as she's laying him on the couch, he awakes with a gasp. And he's so upset about being awoken 
that he begins to throw a DEFCON 1 temper tantrum. Writhing, frothing, bucking, screeching, kicking, eye-rolling, demonic-possessed level temper tantrum. This, of course, frightened the baby, and the baby starts to cry again. Now their their combined blood-curdling screeches are echoing through the neighborhood, vibrating the windows of the house, while Rebecca is furiously trying to wipe up baby poop with a growing pile of soiled wet wipes. It's not a pretty sight, folks. We're just keeping it real this morning. (laughs) When it looks like they're finally going to get back out of the house, Rebecca detects an eye-watering ripeness arising out of Augustine's backside. Now she realizes she's going to have to change the diaper of the other child, which is fine, except that he's in a 20-minute now long conniption fit. So she's changing the diaper while he's bucking and swinging and kicking at her. Finally, she gets everybody changed, everybody back out of the house, everybody back in the vicinity of the minivan, which is when Augustine decides that he would rather not be buckled into his car seat. Now, some of you who don't have two-year-olds are thinking, you can surely overpower a two-year-old, right? But when they are arching their back and doing that thing that they do like a wild Mustang on the plains of Wyoming, it's not easy to put that Rubik's Cube-like contraption called a child safety seat together, as some of you know. Finally, she gets them all together, and after sweating and weeping and uttering some unrepeatable words, everybody is buckled in. Rebecca has clean clothes on. There's a minimum of stinkiness arising from the three of them in the car, and they're ready to head back to the grocery store, back to Sam's Club, which is where they've been trying to go all day long. It was then that Rebecca realized that in the child chaos, an hour had passed, and it was now 3.30, time to pick up the other boys from school. She finally gets through the long line of minivans at Flynn Park Elementary School, and the boys get in the minivan. They're tired. They're grumpy. They're grumpy. They climb into the minivan, and they begin to moan and whine that all they want to do is go home and eat some peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, which would have been fine except that we didn't have any peanut butter at home, which is why it was imperative for Rebecca to get to Sam's Club in the first place. Finally, they get to Sam's Club. This is all going to tie together, by the way. I'm not just riffing. I'm not just venting, okay? They pull into the parking lot. Rebecca orders everybody to hold hands. They spill out onto the asphalt. Like a flock of drunken ducklings, they meander through the parking lot, dodging cars. The four children make it in, safe and sound, to Sam's Club, But when you're in Sam's Club, there's a lot to distract you. You got four. One wants to lie down on the display couch. Another gets sucked into the tractor beam of the 60-inch television screens that line the front entrance showing cartoons. One wants to stand up in the cart. And by now, the little one is hungry again. And she decides the best thing for her to do is to express her displeasure by screaming at the top of her lungs. And it was at that moment that Rebecca called me while I was working on my Mother's Day sermon. So that's been my day, she says. How about including that in your Mother's Day sermon? You're welcome. And to all you moms who know this scenario, you're welcome also. All right? Thank Rebecca. Yet despite all of the gritty, exhausting, mind-numbing challenges of motherhood, somehow there does remain a beauty to it, 
a sublimeness to it, an inexplicable nobility, perhaps because motherhood speaks to the very essence of life. Indeed, the name given by the Scripture for the very first woman is Eve, and the, e, and the name Eve simply means giver of life. In a world full of decay and brokenness and strife and discord, womanhood represents the possibility of new life. One writer from the 20th century put it like this. She said, womanhood is a wonderful thing. In womanhood, we find the mothers of the race. There is no man so great nor none sunk so low, but he once lay a helpless, innocent babe in a woman's arms and was dependent on her love and care for his existence. It is woman who rocks the cradle of the world, and it is woman who holds the first affections of mankind. It is woman who possesses a power beyond that of a king on his throne. Indeed, it is woman who holds the very power of life itself. So today, we celebrate not only motherhood, but we celebrate womanhood. We pause as a church, and we honor the mothers, the sisters, and the daughters among us. Today, we continue the revolutionary tradition of our founder, who in a sometimes oppressive and misogynistic world recognized the image of God in every woman he met. The single woman, the married woman, the divorced woman, the widowed woman, the righteous woman, and the guilty woman. He recognized their inherent worth, he recognized their inherent dignity, and he recognized their inherent equality in the eyes of God. Women were among some of his most faithful followers and dearest friends. It was women who largely funded his ministry. His long recorded com- longest court- recorded conversation in the scripture was with a woman. In a culture that sometimes viewed women as property, Jesus saw them as partners in the advancement of God's kingdom. They were the only ones who didn't abandon him at his death. They were the only ones who showed up to anoint his broken body. And they were the first ones to appear and discover his empty tomb. But it wasn't only the women in Jesus' day that made their mark. The scripture is packed with story after story of powerful, strong, God-fearing women who brought light into the midst of spiritual darkness and who brought life into the midst of spiritual death. Women who demonstrated courage in the face of fear, perseverance in the face of exhaustion, wisdom in the midst of foolishness, and power in the midst of instability. From Esther, who risked her life to save her people, to Deborah, who ruled Israel with skill and valor, to Ruth, who modeled loyalty and dignity, to Rahab, who defied her government to save God's people, and the list goes on and on. It doesn't stop with the women of old. When the former slave turned abolitionist Sojourner Truth stood on the stage in Akron, Ohio in 1851 and challenged the very premise of the system of American slavery by shouting out the question, ain't I a woman, she breathed life into spiritual death. When Corey Tinboom risked her life and liberty to help her Jewish neighbors escape the torture imposed by the vicious Nazi machine, she breathed life into spiritual death. When Amy Carmichael founded the the orphanage in India and then planted herself in the midst of abject poverty for 55 years to serve God's poorest children, she breathed life into spiritual death. 
When Rosa Parks refused to budge under the weight of a racist busing system in Montgomery, Alabama, she breathed life into spiritual death. Many of you here today are mothers or sisters or daughters. You, in your own way, are breathing life into spiritual death. Many of you are mothers, but many of you are not, either by choice or by circumstance or by the painful reality of infertility. But you don't have to be a biological mother to be a bringer of life. You bring life. You bring life by praying for your friends and family. You bring life by serving. You bring life by working hard for the glory of God. You bring life by learning by growing, by holding down a job while raising a child, by pursuing a career that allows you to exercise your God-given gifts, by seeking to make the lives of those around you a little better. You bring life with an encouraging word, a pat on the back, a smile, a shared laugh, a shared tear. You bring life to our city, to our community, and to our church. And yes, you bring life in the midst of the nitty-gritty, everyday grind by changing a poopy diaper in the parking lot of your local grocery store. You bring life. So here's what I would like to do. We want to celebrate today. We want to pause and we want to honor you. We want to honor all of our mothers, sisters, and daughters for who you are and for the life you bring. So we're going to do something special right now. We're pausing. I want to ask every man and boy in the congregation to stand. Every man and boy in the congregation. Would you stand and grab a hold of one of these cards, one of these connection cards, all right? Or not the connection card, but the bulletin, all right? Ask, ask your wife or girlfriend or sister or, uh, for her copy. Now, guys, here's what, I, here's what I want you to do. Let's all come down to the front. I want all the guys to come to the front. We're going to turn around. We're going to face the women in the congregation, Told you this is getting exciting. We're going we're to keep it exciting today. Come on up, guys. And here's what we're going to do. Spread all, spread all through the front here, guys. Spread all through the front. Leave the communion bread alone. Let's just, you know. I know it's, just, it's getting hungry. And what we've got in this bulletin, you guys, is a letter of gratitude and honor to the women of our congregation, to the mothers, sisters, and daughters of our congregation. Yeah, come on in. Yeah, guys. This is a good-looking group of guys up here. What do you say, ladies? And here's what we're going to do. We are going to read aloud this letter of gratitude and honor to the women of the church. Man, this would be a good setup team. Guys, what I'm actually doing is recruiting for our setup team right now. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. All right, guys, you got your bulletin? All right, let's do this. We're all going to read this aloud together uh, to the women in the congregation. Here we go. Ready? Dear mothers, sisters, and daughters, today we honor you. Today we praise God for you. Today we lift up our voices in celebration of you. You are not only our biological mothers, sisters, and daughters, but also our spiritual mothers, sisters, and daughters. You bring us joy. You bring us laughter. You bring us strength. You bring us wisdom. We admire you and respect you. We appreciate and adore you. 
Today, it is our hope that each and every one of you will be filled with the knowledge of who you really are, a precious, strong, intelligent, and beautiful child of God. You're important, you're loved, you're revered. Our prayer as the men of U City Family Church is that we will always conduct ourselves in ways that are worthy of your respect and admiration. We will do our very best to always see you through the eyes of Christ and to celebrate you for who God made you to be. We pray that today you leave here with your head held high and with joy in your heart. We pray that today you will enjoy the grace and mercy of God. We pray that today you will be filled with peace and with the power of God's Spirit to overcome every challenge in your path. We pray that today you leave encouraged, inspired, and empowered by the love of God and the comfort of the Holy Spirit. God loves you, and so do we. Happy Mother's Day. All right. Thank you, guys. You can take your seat. Thank you, guys. Yeah. That was a good Mother's Day. Was that, was that all right? Way to go, guys. So just so you know that we're not just full of hot air. We're not just full of words. <laughs> we've, got an, we've got a little special surprise for you, and here's what it is. What we are going to do is we are going to close with communion and offering here in just a moment. And then we're going to dismiss 30 minutes early. 30 minutes early. And what... <laughs> All the guys are like, yeah! That's right. That's for you, ladies. Seriously. Um, <laughs> and what we've got going is while we've been in, he- in here, our hospitality team and our special events team have been out in the lobby putting together pastries and fruit trays and orange juice and coffee and a photo station. And what you're going to have is 30 minutes kid-free to have adult conversations with other adult human beings. Um, And this is for everybody. I would just say this. Guys, let's let the ladies go first when they get the donuts and stuff. Let's not crowd the table. Um, Just saying. It's just thought. Uh, Here's the, other, here's the other thing I have to tell you. At about, let's say, 10.50, if you have kids in the family center, and they're all up there right now, safe and secure, making you some good Mother's Day stuff right now, if you have kids up there, you do have to go and pick them up, okay, <laughs> at about 10.50, because they ain't coming home with me, all right? That's just something that we can't do. Um, so about 10.50, you guys, you can head up there. But be- between the time we dismiss and then, you can go hang out on the loop. You can go to Starbucks. You go to Meshuga, Go to Peacock Diner. Go wherever you want on the loop. Hang out in the lobby. Hang with people. Get to know people. Maybe invite somebody out to lunch. If there's a woman here that does not have, you know, anybody to take them out to lunch, take her out to lunch. Ask her out to lunch. Take care. Let's, let's honor the, the mothers, sisters, and daughters in our congregation today. Is that all right? All right. Cool. All right. Very, very last thing before we do communion and prayer. Music team, why don't you guys come on up, and we'll get ready for that. Um, I got another call today, uh, not today, this week, while I was preparing for uh, this Mother's Day time, and it was from another very, very important mother in my life, 
kind of the matriarch of our church. Those of you who know her know her as Mother Ray. And when Mother Ray calls, I always take Mother Ray's call. Got to take Mother Ray's call. And Mother Ray said, I want to just reserve a minute at the end of service to give your wife, my wife, Rebecca, a big old card that a whole bunch of you guys have signed. So Mother Ray, why don't you come on up here, right down here. Rebecca, come over here. Yeah, come on up, Mother Ray. Come on up, Rebecca. Come just stand right here. You don't need to come all the way up. Mother Ray, the mic goes to you. All right, we may get a, we may get a sermon here, folks. <laughs> he tells everything. Uh, good morning, everyone. I want to say happy Mother's Day to all mothers. Those expected mothers, those that have never been mothers, you will be one day. Hopefully, God will bless you enormously. He will smile on you like he did the pastor. He dreamed of a little girl for so long he was ready to steal Bryson. (laughs) But God blessed him. I would like to say I want to thank all of you that participated in signing this card for our pastor's wife, which is the mother of this congregation. They call me Mother Ray. I hope I'm not the oldest one here. But I thank God for letting me see 87 Mother Days. Mother, mother, Mother's Days. That don't mean I'm that age, of course. <laughs> anyway, I would like to thank the men first for appreciating your wife and your mother of your children. And now, women, I want all of women to stand, please. All women. Girl. Now, I think we outnumbered you, Pastor, didn't we? Thank you so very much. I tried to get this card signed by all of you, but those I didn't, I know you will wish your Mother's Day anyway. But I tried to sneak it in. I couldn't go to prayer this morning because I was trying to get your signature. Not only is your signature, Miss Rebecca, they put little sands on the book. So a telephone call is beautiful. But when you have something in writing, it's more beautiful. God bless you, Miss Rebecca. Thank you, Mother Ray. You may be seated, ladies. Thank you so much. We're going to just close now with an opportunity to worship. For those of you uh, who have been at our church a while, we we like to close um, by worshiping in a few different ways. One One of the ways that we worship is through prayer. So if you have a prayer request or you have something that you want to communicate to us or a victory report or uh, you want to connect with us in some way, pull out your connection card, write this on your connection card right now, uh, and drop it in one of the baskets in just a moment. Um, another way that we worship, and this is just for those who call this our church home, if this is your spiritual home, we worship by giving our tithes and giving our offerings to the work of the Lord. Uh, what that means is we set aside a portion of our income to support the work of the ministry here and also to support, to support the work of ministries all around 
St. Louis and actually all around the world. And so if this is your church home, we invite you uh, to worship in that way through your generous giving. Uh, And then a third way that we worship is we like to take the bread. We take bread here at one of these tables, dip it into the cup, and we eat it. And the reason we do that is because everything else that happens at this church, everything we do, everything we sing about, all of the programs, all the stuff is all about one thing. It's about a man named Jesus who came and died and gave his life for us and was buried in a tomb and then rose from the dead and empowered us with his spirit to go carry on his mission on the earth. And everything we do is about that. Uh, And so we take the bread and the cup and we celebrate his sacrifice on our behalf. On the night that he was betrayed, he broke bread and he gave it to his disciples and he said, eat, this is my body that's broken for you. And then he took wine and he poured it and he said, drink, this is the blood of my covenant that's being poured out for you. And then he said, do this in remembrance of me.